0: It's time for the Plant Doctor segment on Real World Garden. On the line, I've got Steve Falcioni from Eco Organic Garden. How are you today, Steve? I'm well, thanks, Marianne. Excellent. Today we're going to be talking about the bane of a lot of indoor plant lovers' lives, and that's fungus gnats because they do get into potting mix and swarm around your precious indoor plants. Yeah, it, it is I shouldn't say
1: it, but it's almost amusing to see the frustration on some of those social media, you know, like Facebook groups and yep. things with people like, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? I've got them everywhere. Um, so, yes, you're right. With the, the increase in indoor plant lovers, it means an increase in fungus nap problems for, for many of them when they begin the journey. So,
0: Yeah, I thought it's good to revisit because, you know, indoor plants is really Booming, especially since COVID, and people are paying a lot of money for mm. more, very rare plants that can cost up to three hundred or more dollars.
1: Some are also paying a lot of money for plants that are not that rare, yes, but, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Being being sold as rare, but but anyway, um, let's get into it. I, I think we should just make a little uh, sort of clarification that we have fungus gnats, and then we also have. Like fermentation or vinegar flies, and they are different things and attracted to different things as well. So sometimes when people talk about their little home remedies, and you go, well, you know that might work for a vinegar fly, but it's not going to work on a fungus gnat. So, you know, the vinegar fly is attracted to uh, sugars. So you know that bowl of fruit that is getting a little bit old and starting to go a bit past its best, or maybe a, a glass of red wine sitting in the sink with the dregs in it. Um, you know, the, the vinegar fly or the, the fermentation fly will definitely love those sorts of things. Whereas the fungus gnat, which is a lighter bodied, I don't mean in colour, but in build, so it doesn't have as fat a body, um, they tend to flit around a little bit more erratically. They'll be attracted to moisture in general, and obviously, you know, fungus, you know, that, that's, that's on those moist areas. Um, they'll be, the adults will be drawn to that.
0: Would you say that the vinegar flies are somewhat bigger than the fungus gnats or similar in size? <sighs> Very close. I'm
1: trying to just, oh, yeah, close. I'm trying to decide if they are bigger or if it's just that they have the fatter body and and that's why they're bigger rather than being any longer. If they are longer, it's you know like a millimetre or something. It's it's a small amount.
0: It's probably the body size then. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you definitely have a fat little body.
0: Now, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, the fungus gnats can cause quite a few problems if you've got a outbreak of them in your in your potted plants.
1: Well, the, the number one thing is going to be the annoyance factor for for us when they're flitting around and getting in your face, but. The juvenile stage which is a little sort of small clear grub like thing which lives in the soil will feed on the roots of the plants so particularly for young plants or if you have a very large number of them you can um, definitely have them impacting on growth the adults which we talked about that fly around there is some evidence to show they can transmit disease as they move across from plant to plant so if you've got uh you know like a a fungus that you will harm your plant um, sitting in the potting mix and the fungus gnat travels across it when they fly to the next plant, they can potentially transmit it. So, there are other issues to consider other than just annoyance.
0: Yes, I guess you could say what the entire life cycle from egg to adult could be is quite short as well, so three to four weeks.
1: Faster when it's warm, ah. but yes, uh, definitely a, a pretty quick life cycle. So, they can. Keep breeding up before your very eyes, Mm. unfortunately.
0: Now, would you go as far as to say that heavy larvae infestations can cause enough damage to kill the plant?
1: Don't know. Mm. Uh, Certainly if it's a small young plant with a little root system, the risk is going to be higher. Whether it goes so far as to kill them,
0: I've not personally seen that.
1: I've really only seen where it holds back the plants.
0: So it goes back to more, more of an annoyance factor than anything, and, of course, spreading that fungal disease problem. Okay, so why, why are they coming to your pots? You've got to keep the potting mix moist, I suppose.
1: Uh, well, yeah, they love moisture. So um, any area where there is a lot of moisture will, will be a, a paradise for them. So wet potting mixes and also water hanging around in the sources, uh, if anyone listening has like um, a greenhouse as well, or a, a shaded, damp area in their yard, you know, maybe the side of a house, those sorts of areas where there's always moisture around, is another spot where they can congregate too. So, with indoor plants, it's very, very common for people to overwater them. Yes, there's the odd plant that does need to a lot of moisture, like you know the dreaded maidenhair fern, which will you know. Collapse on you in the blink of an eye if it dries out. But many of them can handle periods of dryness and don't need to be kept as well watered as as people do.
0: Yeah, it's true. I have had a fungus outbreak only a very short time in an outdoor area. That's why it's like, oh, I was really surprised. It's kind of like an outdoor little shade house. Mm. So I keep the area a bit drier than it used to be. didn't need to be that wet anyway. But
1: Yeah, and then that's, that's enough. But indoors, if you've got the problem, you know, it may have come in with potting mix that you purchased. Uh, not to be giving the manufacturers a hard time or anything, but, you know, the potting mix can be stored in a shop or a garden centre for a while. All the bags do have small holes in them. So it's possible for the fungus gnats to get in uh, after the manufacturer has made it. Um, you know, it's difficult to know when they first appear, but potting mixes are usually kept on the damp side to reduce the dust factor uh, and risks that the dust may cause um, You know, for people with respiratory issues and the like. So there's a reason to, to try and keep potting mix damp from a safety perspective, but it can then mean it's ideal for the fungus gnat to get into it. So if you open up a bag and Uh, ever had the unpleasant experience of a whole bunch of fungus gnats flying out that could be what's going on.
0: Yeah that's true. Now would putting mulch on your indoor plants could be pebbles or whatever on top prevent them from taking hold of the potting mix do you think?
1: Yeah yeah. yes so we've talked about trying to keep things dry to discourage them That's one thing. Another thing is a physical barrier. So that's sort of what you're alluding to. And uh, there are products out there which are kind of like a sand, kind of like a gravel, uh, but they are stones that are very, very um, sharp edged. Not when we handle them ourselves, you won't notice it, but at an insect level, they do have quite sharp edges. So if you have a layer of that across the surface of your pot, When the fungus gnat lands on it, you know, what they would normally want to do is sort of burrow down a little bit to be able to lay their eggs in the the potting mix. And to get through the sharpness uh, or the sharp edges is very risky. And so it cuts them and, you know, they they die. Mm -hmm. Likewise, if there's already juveniles in the soil and they've pupated and they're ready to emerge as adults to get through that barrier, It again is difficult. So, to either go down to lay eggs or to emerge as adults, it it can be an effective barrier. You do need to put it on fairly thickly to get the best results, though.
0: It does sound like a good solution all round, other than letting the potting mix dry out before you re wet the soil.
1: Yeah, uh, other options are to drench the potting mix with neem. So, neem will control the juvenile stages. Uh, so you're killing all the little grubs that are in the mix it won't kill the adults so don't expect the adults to disappear overnight they're fairly short-lived maybe three to four days uh but during that time they may lay another another round of eggs so you might need to drench uh say two times maybe a week apart or something like that to to get effective control i've done neem several times at my place uh i think the first time one one go did it bang happy days the second time I had a gnat outbreak, I did have to do it twice okay. and then happy days after that.
0: That's not too bad at all. So all these things you can do without having to reach for the bag of potting mix and having to repot into fresh potting mix, which may not be the best option. Or... Uh, yeah,
1: you're not, you're not necessarily going to get rid of every single one anyway when you do that. Uh,
0: you you can also put up, like, say if
1: you were drenching with a neem, if you wanted to try and speed up killing off the adults, you could make yourself like a little sticky trap, uh, you know, like a piece of plastic with some Vaseline smeared on it, stick that at the base of the uh, pot plant, and when the adults are moving around, they will naturally just get stuck on it. Okay. There's, there's nothing specifically attracting the adult to it. But just as they they go in their normal course of exploring, they'll get stuck. Okay. So, like that can be another thing. Oh, and lastly, if you do have a, a very large sort of volume you want to treat, you can get predatory insects. So there are predatory mites and nematodes that can be used to um, to basically release into the soil and will feed on the juveniles.
0: That sounds like a great option also. Well, there we have Mm. it. That's uh, the lowdown on fungus gnats. Once again, Steve, it's been great chatting with you on Real World Gardener. Thank
1: you. Bye.